Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. Ha ha ha! I'm gonna your fucking ass! You don't got your playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people! I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody! Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. Well, rich baby. I would like to introduce. Welcome to the MMA for Money show episode 49. We are live in this show. We will review UFC on ESPN plus 31, a.k.a. Brunson versus Trebezian, the fight that just happened last Saturday, as well as previewing UFC on ESPN plus 32, Lewis versus Olenek. I am Bob Boss, your favorite garbage man, at MMA State of Mind on Twitter, here with Mike. Mike, the real Mike Copenhaver. You can find him at Don't Cope Just Win. Also, please follow the show on Twitter. It is at MMA for Money Show. As you notice, if you are following it right now, we just went live on multiple platforms, your platforms of, of choice. Mike, how are you doing tonight on our first live show? I'm doing absolutely fantastic, man. I'm stoked to be here across all platforms for the first time ever. Uh, stoked to talk about some UFC last weekend and this one this weekend. You know what? I'm going to see how many times I can say live in a given show. So just be ready for that. Get the counter ready and let me know what I do afterward. But the MMA for Money show is here. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, RSS Feed, YouTube, live here on Twitch, Periscope, many other means for you to take care of us. Listen to us, comment, share, please to spread the word. Now we're going to go right into a review of UFC on ESPN. Plus 31, all the numbers, all the names, Brunson versus Trapazian. It kind of starts off with a big lull, though, Mike. And I know that's bringing the hype energy down from what we have right now, but it starts with a draw. Cody Durden comes in, late replacement. We had a lot of late replacements on this card. He comes in with a huge 10-8 first round and then gets outpointed for the next two, gets a draw in his first uh, outgoing there with Chris Gutierrez. Really showed himself. I saw some guys there at that big plus 255 odds there on Durden, and they had it close. How'd you feel about that fight? Do you agree with the draw? I know you've always said you want to see more draws. Is this one of them? Yeah, man. I mean, this was one of the times that I agreed with the draw because uh, Durden, you know, did enough damage to me to get the two points. And then Chris Gutierrez, you know, took over in the following two rounds to gain his points. And uh, the draw was a perfect call there. Uh, I also said that, you know, Durden was going to be a lot tougher than people thought last week on the podcast. And yeah, it turned out to be so. Next up, we had a bet. No, we did not have a bet. Only bet on the entire card got canceled because, yes, so many cancellations, so many late re- uh, late replacements. Day of, two days before, we were really high on Timur Valiev. We loved him even at his somewhat steep price of minus 175, but the wrestling was going to be there. We really liked him against Jamal Emmers, but he got replaced by Vince Cachero, and Emmers put on a clinic. Um, I hope they actually do this rematch because I think we'll even get a better line on Valiev there. Embers did look fantastic. His striking was on point. He think quadrupled the amount of strikes landed by his opponent. He broke a hundred significant strikes landed just over two in just over two rounds and got the clear unanimous decision and actually went for the late submission. Mike, how do you feel about Embers? And are you with me that you still think in the future Valiev's just gonna beat him down? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was an impressive performance by Emmers. You know, I he got a last-second replacement, so he did what he should do when you get someone thrown at you so fast with uh, not a full camp. 
And uh, it, was, it was an impressive performance by the kid, but it definitely wasn't Tamir. And Tamir would definitely uh, teach him a little bit of a lesson with the, the mixed martial arts, the takedowns, and the full pedigree. But uh, we'll find out in the future. Next up is, and there was another canceled fight. <laughs> Marcus Perez was going to fight Eric Spicely, and Eric Spicely had a botch weight cut. And now he's fired. So this is just a lot of sadness on this card between the cancellations and the repeated groin strikes that seem to happen in just about every single fight. So I think the number was 11 total fights in some capacity matchups were canceled for this fight card, and they only ended up with about eight. So things ended up a little bit different. Um, And then to the next fight. Oh, wait, this was a cancellation and a replacement. Ray Borg uh, was supposed to fight. He was going to be a minus 220 favorite against Nathan Maines Manis. I'm just going to keep pronouncing that wrong as long as this guy's in the UFC. Uh, Borg got replaced in the final hours of this fight with John, uh, Johnny Munoz Jr. Uh, Maines got the decision win. He looked good against a super last-minute replacement, but again, like the more these late replacements get in, it's hard to judge how well someone's doing because whether they were prepared, whether they're up a weight class, it's hard to take it from there unless you really, really know the regional scene, and especially if you really, really know the regional scene of Vegas, considering this is uh, at the apex. If you basically have a friend who's a fighter or know a fighter, Tell them to move to Vegas and just stay somewhat near a weight that they're comfortable at. And they're going to get a UFC fight in the calendar year. I guarantee it. Uh, Mike, how'd you feel about this fight? Uh, how Nathan fought? I mean, it was impressive, but obviously I don't know much about uh, Johnny Munoz Jr. Or the fact that he got beat here. Yeah, I mean, Madness was impressive once again versus a replacement. So, I mean, I expect you to pretty much beat anyone when they're getting a late replacement. I actually thought uh, Madness was going to do decent versus Borg. So I was kind of disappointed not to see this matchup go down because I was hoping for some scrambles and some fun. Next up, we had Owen, another cancellation. Gerald Merchart was going to fight Ed Herman in a fight I was... Dude, it was getting ridiculous, all this canceled fights. I know. I was weirdly excited for this one because I think Ed Herman was just about the slowest middleweight that has ever been conceived. And now he's fighting at light heavyweight for no apparent reason other than the fact that he doesn't want to cut weight and he's getting tired in his extended UFC career. And we really like Gerald Mershart here, but uh, I think the how's the story goes, his final COVID test came back positive an hour before he was going to make the walk. So that's a little bit late to get a late replacement uh, just about too late unless it was someone else uh, already on the fight card even though i believe i would need to double check who i think it was uh kevin holland had said that he would go he would jump in to fight ed herman but he said that on the ufc broadcast via twitter so i don't know how realistic that was going to be um but so cancellation um now we're going to talk about an actual fight before we get to another cancellation but we're going to talk about an actual fight first there's a, there's a sandwich of a cancellation a fight a cancellation frankie signs the old man at bantamweight was a huge dog here plus 175 and for good reason he lost to jonathan martinez minus 210 close in the early goings but then martinez started pulling further and further away and really rocked um signs a few different times and ended up finishing it in the in round three with a flying knee to ground and pound mike do you think we're done with signs here? And how do you like Jonathan Martinez going forward here at Bantamweight? Oh, man. Well, if you listen to the podcast last week, I told you that uh, he was going to get finished, Frankie Signs. I, I knew that uh, her, uh, he was going that Hernandez Martinez was going to be too much for him, and that it was just younger, stronger, longer. Um, he was putting on some mean, mean damage. I mean, he didn't even need to get into the third round. They could have they could have thrown in the towel in the second. Uh, Frankie Signs is done to me. I like I've, I've kind of said he was done last week. Um, it, it just went 
the fight went exactly how I thought it did, man. So I hope someone cashed that inside the distance or that TKO KO prop. Yeah, I know people. a lot of people are downing on Martinez. He did miss weight, um, but still a good. Um, and honestly, in terms of a body type there, if I, you had to have me pick someone, I was at Signs was the one who missed weight. But either way, moving <laughs> on, another canceled fight. Kevin Holland was supposed to fight Trevin Gile, Giles. Uh, he's a pretty decent favorite. That got canceled. I um, believe this one was Giles suffering from an anxiety attack and not being able to fight. Um, wow. At least we're going to get Kevin Holland. We're going to talk about him later. He's actually fighting on this card we're talking about for this coming weekend. So he sneaks in there. So again, moving past another canceled fight to actually get to some action. This fight, I love this fight. This was a great fight. I'm only disappointed because if you listen to me on the show, I was so very, so very, so very, very close to betting my man Bobby Green here. He was my bet. He was going to be my bet. But past performance makes me nervous, man. Like, even though he looks so good against Clay Guida, that it's still Clay Guida, and he's so known for not throwing when he can throw and just doing the head roll and be like, oh, you're not hurt. He's like the old-style Masvidal defense of, I'm dodging your strikes, so I'm winning. Doesn't really help MMA's score just in general, but uh, clearly Venata has fallen off a cliff. I mean, not that severe, but I mean, just nowhere near where he was. He was a minus 150 favor going in here. Green was the plus 130, and Green got the unanimous decision win. First round was relatively close with Green pulling it out and just got further and further down the line. Green just I don't know, completely took control, seemed to rock uh, Venata a couple times, in my opinion. Um, anytime that it seemed, I heard some people talk about uh, Green possibly being rocked, but it was more when he was on the defense moving his head. Uh, he ha- didn't have solid footing, so he did stumble back, but I put that more to a footing thing than anything with his chin. Mike, how'd you feel about Bobby Green and his just sheer spit fountain of water in his victory? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Bobby Green was super impressive this last weekend. I mean, he was probably the most impressive I've ever seen him. I, if I would have known that he was going to come with that determination and it just with all that grit, I mean, you would have known for sure you wanted to bet him like you did. Um, I was actually uh, siding with Lando Venata uh, in this matchup last week, and I was well, while I was watching it, it, it was just Bobby Green's show all day. I mean, that fight was amazing. It was a great display of mixed martial arts. It was a real treat after all the canceled fights and the non-fights and, uh, you know, Kevin Giles, you know, pulling his tampon out in the middle of the ring or whatever happened. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, awesome to see these type of performances. And Bobby Green is finally living up to his potential. Next up, longtime favorite of this show. I'm talking as long as I've talked to Mike about fights. So this is going back like, I don't know, t- two years at this point. I don't know. I guess I should be a better friend and realize the time as long as we've been talking but for at least the last two years there has been a couple fighters that me and mike have been insanely high on one of which is the man this next fight vincente luque he, he was a decent sized favorite minus 185 against randy brown's uh plus 160 but luque was doing some serious damage i mean brown was landing but Luque was landing with such power. It wasn't flashy. It was just clinical and it was strong. And at one point he lifts Brown up. Brown is trying to get the three points down so that he can't get knee to the head up against the cage. Brown lifts him up just, I mean, Luque lifts him up just enough that his hands aren't touching and just waylays a knee directly into the kid's head and then finishes him with strikes on the ground. It was beautiful and just, I don't know, picture perfect on why we like Vicente Luque. Mike, our boy looked awesome. Talk to me about how awesome he looked. 
Holy shit, man. I mean, you know we love some Luke over here at the MMA for Money show. I mean, we gush over him all the time. It, it, sometimes it's a little ridiculous, kind of like us with uh, Bobby Knuckles' body last week. But uh, you got to bear with us sometimes through those moments. But, uh, you know, it, it was insane, you know, to see the performance that he did. And uh, I was I, I, I love his jiu-jitsu. I'm a jiu-jitsu guy and a wrestling guy. And I just I knew that he had the jiu-jitsu all day to submit Brown. And I, I even saw he didn't even want to really take him to the ground. He didn't want to stay on the ground long. He didn't try to advance for uh, dominant positions as easily as he could have. He could have easily just submitted uh, Brown at pretty much any moment, I, I truly believe. But then he just wanted to practice his stand-up and just show it off, man. And it was unreal the way that he was lighting Brown up and the damage that he was uh, laying on him. And I just, you know, can't say enough about Luke. And I just hope he keeps learning more boxing and getting better defense so that his jiu-jitsu can just be on display in the end. Well, and Mike makes a very good point. The only reason we've ever not, like, perpetually bet Luke. And we've never bet against Luke. We've either bet with him or we've not bet him. There's really not any in between there. We've never not just bet against him because we just love his skills so much. But that's the hard part. His jujitsu is so phenomenal. It's so much better than his stand-up, which is staggering considering how fantastic his striking has looked. And even for the brief amount of time it was on the ground in this fight, you just see the control that he has. And you almost wish he would go to it more because then it would prolong his career more. And obviously we want to see Vincente Luque, the silent assassin, as per, like one of the best nicknames for the person, just matches up great that you could have. You just, we want him to last as long as possible. Um, you also want to see him jump up in competition a little bit. Obviously he's lost to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in the past, but I mean, there's plenty of contenders there at 170 that I would favor Luke against and would like to see him fight. Now, if it seems like we're rushing through a little bit, we're just trying to give you guys more time on the upcoming fight card. So we're trying to burn through and with the results, with a little bit of reaction, so we could really delve into this fight card because there's some great fights on this fight card. And we have plenty of bets to make up for the fact that the one that we had on the previous fight card got itself canceled. Um, in the co-main event, this one, this one was rough. Uh, a lot of guys in our circle are big fans of JoJo Calderwood, and she just looked bad, man. I mean, in the early going, she was landing a little bit, but I mean... It like it went down to the ground early and she looked like a fish out of water. And then Maya got that arm bar and like just they were there wasn't a big sweat going, so she had it solid and just just cranked it. Um Mike talked to me about that submission and just I mean, I know JoJo kind of like went there with it, but I mean I mean Maya looked phenomenal. I'm not saying that she's gonna like win a title or anything like that, but a good a good fight, but rough fight for Calderwood. Yeah, man. I mean, we, we love JoJo, but I mean, she she was f stupid as could be in that position. I mean, I have no clue what she was doing, uh, sitting inside of the Maya's guard and giving her her arm and just, you know, not trying to stand up, not trying to break away to, to stand up to strike again. I mean, you, you, why would you take the risk versus someone with a jiu-jitsu game down there? And you just literally, she literally gift wrapped her arm and gave her the arm. So um, it was weird, man. It sucked really bad. It was just kind of another one of those uh, blah moments for the night because we do love JoJo, but that performance was gross. And, uh, you know, congratulations to Maya. The armbar was spectacular, but I do look forward to fading her versus Shevchenko greatly. In the main event, Derek Brunson fought Edmund Shabazian. Or rather, Wesley Snipes from Demolition Man fought Edmund Shabazian, and he looked every bit of Wesley Snipes in Demolition Man. Have you ever seen that movie? Just next level on him. Uh, it was close in the early going. Shabazian actually had a really good first round. I was impressed. I was more impressed how he seemed to be, 
how do I put this? He wasn't as overly exaggerated on his offense as he typically is, like completely going for the finish. Like he was trying to get the finish, but not in a dumb way. <laughs> in, in, in a meet, not to say this in a horrible way, not in a bull rushing Derek Brunson kind of way. Because even Derek Brunson didn't do that this time. It was impressive. Like he stayed back on the back foot. He was willing to counter strike. He, he has wrestling going a little bit to tire Shabazian out. And I don't know, in the later goings of the second round, when it started to become more and more clear towards Derek Brunson, I mean, as weird as it is, I know obviously Shabazian lost. I hate to break that to anyone who I guess didn't watch the event, but Shabazian lost. Um, Brunson looked great, and he looked in a losing. Shabazian makes me really impressed with him going forward to the fact that he's already like only a little bit, little bit below the level of Brunson at 22 has me completely blown away where this kid could be if they're smart about his career. Give him a little bit of an eat. I'm not saying like a throwaway fight in his next fight, but like a couple steps down, lower of the maybe, maybe like 15, 14 in the rankings, to just ease him back into it. And he could be a star in the future. He absolutely can be. And kudos to Brunson. Got the win when he was getting laid out to slaughter for the hype train as the UFC is prone to doing with him. And, I don't know, get to see him going forward. Mike, how'd you feel about this main event? And, I guess, where do you see either fighter going forward? Like, who would you like to see Brunson fight next? I mean, after all the cancellations and everything that went on this event, this this was actually a treat. You know, uh, Derek Brunson looked amazing versus uh, Shabazian. Shabazian is young. He's no joke. You know, he's got a, a long career ahead of him. But he doesn't need to take the excess damage that he kind of took uh, this weekend, in my opinion. But, you know, Brunson has been in the game for a long time. He's put in his work. And, you know, he's one of those, gate, not just gatekeepers, but he's just always right there, you know. Um, a long time ago, he wasn't even, he never even had a real head coach, didn't have a real camp, didn't have any real like, support behind him until Dominic Cruz, you know, brought it up to him and told him he's, uh, you know, ridiculous for not having a real game plan. So, uh, you know, hats off to Brunson. He looked absolutely amazing, you know, dethroning the, the wonder kid that they uh, were hyped up so much this weekend. And I, I was stoked to watch that fight, and it was just uh, a treat to watch Brunson actually perform and be so calm and collected when he is just a mad bull, usually. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's disrespect or just they pegged Brunson early, but he's just been that go-to guy that they want to test these up-and-comers for. And earlier on, I thought it was a very clear path. Obviously, you saw Whitaker do it. You saw Adesanya do it. I mean, you saw him... Stifle Heinish, who I guess wasn't quite up to snub, snub, yeah, however I'm pronouncing that one. Um, and Shabazian, like I still stayed away from the fight mainly because I thought he had just enough power, but I don't know. Brunson is looking great since training with Henry Hooft. Uh, he's three and oh since going down there. So, I mean, I guess finally having a straighten coach that he consistently goes to because forever they said he was at Jackson's, but he would just do like the last three, four weeks of his camp with. Jackson other than that he would just be at home um so I guess being fully committed to a camp and the killers they got down there is working for him so I mean he's working if he's worth Henry Hoof then that means he's working with uh the Burns brothers as well as other people they got going on down there uh and kudos to him <laughs> any final thoughts here on this fight card Mike before we jump into the Lewis first Olenek fight card happening this coming Saturday Nah, just disappointed we didn't get a bet in, and uh, all the cancellations just made for a short night of fights. And, you know, just as a fan, we love, I love seeing at least 12 fights. Oh, absolutely. And I feel bad. I, I did get hit up by a few people asking if we had any replacement bets. And with so many things changing, because just so many things changed in like 
a 24 hour and a 48 period 48 hour period we had three to four fights canceled a couple last minute replacements going in and with that kind of stuff happening like not really having time to like go into matchups it's it's not worth rushing anything and obviously it's a long-term thing mma betting mma picking you name it uh so we'll get it back and we're hoping to get it back this week so jumping straight into ufc on espn plus 32 lewis versus olenek we're going to start with a fight which you know how i am with you guys i am 100 honest Always, it is Ali Al Kasi plus one seventy versus Erwin Rivera minus two hundred. I have no idea who these people are, so I'm not even going to pick it. <laughs> Mike, I'll throw it to you if you have anything, or we'll just move on because again, we don't want to BS you guys and make a bunch of facts about guys we don't know. You know the, all, about Al Kasi. The only thing I do know about him, he's a purple belt in jujitsu, and that he's from Jordan. Uh, I think one of the first Jordanian fighters uh, to fight in the UFC. So that will be uh, pretty exciting. Irwin is also a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, he's pretty mean, comes from a decent camp. Um, this is going to be a pretty good fight. Uh, if I had the side, I'd pick Irwin. Next up, we have a fight that I'm actually fairly interested in because I've been fairly high, especially in his last fight. And I actually think, if I remember correctly, in his last fight, uh, Mike had a bet on him, which cashed. Yusef Zalal. I mean, he's a huge favorite, minus 350 against Peter Barrett, plus 290. Um, I'm really liking this prospect of Zalal after Mike brought him to me. And I'd really like to see how he's progressed there at Factory FX. And I don't know. I think he could have, he is a future ranked opponent i'm not gonna go beyond that but i think he, it should be quick work here i actually think he's gonna get the finish within this fight against peter barrett so quick pick for this one for me is zalal mike yosef zalal versus peter barrett yeah we bet zalal last time here on the mma for money show and cash that bet and uh if you had a better line on this on him this time i would uh throw in a, some money at him as well but it's a little too steep for us to pick but if you guys want to put him in a parlay piece, he's one of those guys that I would trust. And uh, Zalal is going to win an easy decision, in my opinion, or a finish. Oh, Mike makes a very good point. There are, in my opinion, two kinds of parlays that you can do. One, I want a little action on this fight card to make things more interesting. And I just want to have some fun. This is the perfect kind of guy to throw in there. He's going to be entertaining. He's going to fight for your money. Yes, he's a huge favorite. But I mean, you're not going to put tons of money on a parlay like that. It's just more for fun. And then the other one is obviously two guys that you're like, these are my guys. They're going to fight for my money. And I'm looking to get out of this with some serious money, some bigger favorites that you would normally bet. So this kind of falls in the ladder, but I agree with Mike. He's one of those guys that he's a big favorite, but he's a big favorite for a reason. Obviously he's going to go through next up. Justin James is plus plus one thirty against Gavin Tucker um, minus one fifty. Um, personally, I was, I was struggling with this one a little bit because initially I like James. I was just kind of surprised that he was the underdog here. Uh, the more I look into it, the more I question my pick. So I guess I might as well just go with my gut and say Justin James before I go back too much on that with uh, Gavin Tucker here. But uh, I, I think Gavin James has this year for a quick pick. Mike, James versus Tucker. Yeah, this would be a pretty exciting matchup. You know, Justin James shocked us last time. Uh, he came in on, uh, I think it was like six days notice or something and knocked out Camacho. Uh, first round came out like a bat out of hell at my boy from Guam and just murked him. Um, I was leaning towards him just because he beat up my boy, but I actually did, you know, Gavin Tucker, he's a black uh, BJJ black belt. He's got a little bit more experience. I, I just like his overall frame and athleticism. So I, I would favor uh, Gavin Tucker in this matchup. And Justin James is a brown belt in BJJ. So he's not far off, but on the ground, I feel like Gavin Tucker is more superior. In our next fight, yes, we have a bet. And good Lord willing, it won't be canceled. Um, Andrew Sanchez 
the 11 and five middleweight. This we're at middleweight here is fighting Wellington Terman. Andrew Sanchez is plus 135. Wellington Terman. I always feel like I'm going to say that wrong. Usually because he's lying next to like, t- like just the Tucker and the Terman next to each other. I'm just, I'm working on it. But he's minus 155. Um, we really like Terman here. Uh, we like his ground game. And one thing that me and Mike have talked about in the past, there's this huge thing about this being in, basically everything at the apex being in the smaller cage that, oh, it aids to finishes. It's really, it aids into people getting you against the fence. And if a bully can finish you from there, they're going to do that. Or if you're used to circling out, running away, you have less room to do so. But a wrestler will get you up against the cage. And although Terman more has the jiu-jitsu side, he can pin you up against the cage. And that's when he can get his trip game going and get you on the ground. Uh, Sanchez has some good wrestling, but I do think that Terman has it there. Mike, get into the more nitty-gritty as our resident jiu-jitsu expert, at least in comparison to me with the nuts and bolts. Can you uh, give us our description and why we are betting Wellington Terman at the minus 155? Yeah, well, uh, Terman is a BJJ black belt himself. Uh, he's super deadly on the ground. Sanchez is a BJJ brown belt and, uh, you know, a little bit behind him on, on pace. But I'm telling you, Terman's ground game is, to me, just so much far superior than Sanchez that he's going to be like a spider monkey on him if he get, when he gets him on the ground. Uh, Andrew Sanchez, he's uh, you know, don't get me wrong, he's not a bad athlete. He's he's just he's he's decent, you know. He's more like he's just a mediocre, you know. I want not almost say dorky, but he kind of is, you know. He just he gets around and he gets around. But I think that Terman is gonna be just more aggressive, has more grit. We always like to talk about my drop them in the alley theory here, and that's uh, you know, just basically when I think that you drop two guys in an alley, uh, who's the tougher one? Who's going to walk out of the alley? And I just really believe that Terman uh, is is that guy. He was going to give me a fight for my money. He's going to have better jujitsu, and for that, I'm going to be putting down a bet on him. Uh, what are the odds now, Bob? Minus one fifty-five to win so, the one unit for us. So we'll be putting down 1.55 units on Terman to show that world-class jiu-jitsu and overall game against Andrew Sanchez, who I just, I think, a little bit too slow. Don't be mocking angles on fights because everyone's got an angle. That's what betting is, is your angle getting you benefit of the doubt. And currently, Mike's drop him into an alley angle is rocking at about 75%. So those are some good odds right there. So uh, moving on to the next fight, we have Nazrat Hapcrest. I'm about 90% sure I actually nailed that. I think this is the first time I got it, so I'm pretty proud of myself. So, good job. <laughs> Minus 240 against Alec Munoz, plus 200. Yes, the more attractive, better version of Kelvin Gastelum. I'm just going to go ahead and say that because they're basically twins. Um, Nazrat, he's a favorite for a reason here. Um I haven't been too impressed with uh, Alex Munoz going back, um, I, but I really like uh, Nazareth. I think he has, he's a good up-and-comer. Uh, I, I, I just think he's going to go here. I think, in general, Team Alpha Male is on, I don't want to say the downslide. They've just, they're nowhere near the heights there. I think that it's more of a regression to the mean of where they're at, um, and Alex Munoz is their new crop, but their new crop is lacking. In my opinion, whereas I really like uh, Nazrat, um, obviously he's coming off relatively bad losses last time. I would think that's against Drew Dober, another person that we have been really high on. So in terms of like competition and just all around skill, uh, I like Nazrat here. Obviously huge favorite and not quite worth uh, a bet for me here at the minus 240. Um, Mike, how are you for the Kelvin Gastelum German lookalike? 
Yeah, with uh, Nazareth, you know, after that knockout loss at the Drew Dober or the TKO, whatever it was, um, you know, I, I really... I can't be certain about how he's going to feel going in there. And so that makes me wearisome on betting him. Um, if I d- didn't see him uh, get finished by Drew Dober, then I would most likely say that he would be the winner. Um, but I don't like the odds, really. Uh, I think they're a little too much on Nazareth's side. I think Alex Munoz is a, a pretty aggressive striker, and he stands, he switches stance pretty well, throws a good left and right. So um, I I think for the dog money, the Alex Munoz is, is, a, is a decent pick. Next up, I'm going to go the way I have it in the notes, even though after the odds have finally dropped, they've adjusted the fight order, but we're going to go with the way I have it written currently, and that's the next up is Tim, the Dirty Bird Means, at plus 120 underdog against Lorano Stripoli. There we go. Minus 140. Um, Tim Means has taken an uncharacteristic amount of damage to even the average fighter. And he was able to fight against it for the longest time. But I just think at this point, 36 years old, having well over 40 fights, it's just not quite there. Can't take a body shot at this point to save his life, which again, sounds like I'm really digging on the guy, but I've been a fan in the past. Um, His Muay Thai is fantastic. He he actually has a decent jab for the game, a great uh, knee up the middle. But uh, Lorano Stripoli, he's younger, he's hungrier, and he's just he's impressed. And he's still young enough that he has still a decent amount going on. Obviously, he hasn't fought in a bit, but um, I don't know. Uh, like in Stripoli here, this was almost a bet for the show. Um, Mike, going a little bit more in depth on why you liked Peppy. Sorry, I had to say that. I didn't realize that was his nickname until now. So how do you feel about Pepe Stripoli? Yeah, man. Well, I, Sorry, I butchered his last name. Staropoli. There you uh, go. Staropoli. <laughs> um, you know, I actually, I like the kid. You know, he's an Argentinian. He's one of the, the best contenders out of that country right now. I, I think that he's just a little, he's, young, he's younger for sure. He's got more grit than uh, Means does in his tank. I, I just... I don't see much more left with means, you know. I, I see this as a, a perfect moment for them to make a star out of an Argentinian over uh, Southern, South American and beyond. And I think that you, you're going to see Stropoli uh, finished means. It, it, you know, means ain't going to be the easiest out, but I think that Stropoli can do it. Order got jumbled. Okay, they were back at it. Boom. Kevin Holland is back. We just talked about his canceled fight. Well, now he's got to fight. He's fighting Joe Quinn Buckley. But Kevin Holland is a huge favorite at minus 400 versus Buckley at the plus 310. Um, there's a quick turnaround for Holland. This is going to be a double weight cut for Kevin Holland, which obviously uh, does not bode well for most people. It tends to weaken the chin or ruin gas tanks late. Mike, I am going to throw it to you just because you are more well-versed on Buckley and you have a great angle here on which we are going to capitalize. So, Mike, talk to me about Kevin Holland versus Joe Quinn Buckley. Yeah, man. I mean, Joe Quinn Buckley is a specimen, man. He's a little tank. He comes at you super aggressive. Um, he's southpaw, he, you know, which means he's got a mean straight left. And then he also uh, changes angles for the person's defense coming at him. I, I don't. I don't see the why Holland is so favorited. Um, you know, this Buckley, not a lot of people know about him, but he's been in Bellator. He fought Logan Storley. I'm very high on Logan Storley because he's a great American wrestler. I love American wrestling and jiu-jitsu. So 
I always follow guys like that. And Logan Storley was able to control and handle uh, Buckley uh, in his uh, loss uh, a few losses ago. And I really believe that uh, Buckley learned a lot in those three rounds that he got held down by a world-class wrestler. I think that he's been training and, and his get-up game is a lot better than people think. I think that he's going to lay hands on Holland and, and knock him out. So we're going to be putting the 0.5 units on uh, Buckley for him to finish Holland and what is, or not finish Holland to beat Holland. What is the number at? Plus three, 10. So we're going to be one of the few people back in uh, Joaquin Buckley. I think that he's a mean Southpaw. He's going to, he's going to give us a fight. So you guys be ready to watch this thing. Next up, we have the Benny versus the hot sauce. We have Benel Dariush. He is minus one seventy favorite against Scott hot sauce. Holtzman at the plus 140. I am big, very big Ben and Nell Dariush fan. And honestly, I've been a fairly big Holtzman fan in, in the past. I think that given his skill set and his late addition into MMA, like his late migration into MMA, he has done a lot. He has shortened up a lot of skills that he needed and gotten a lot better. Uh, he's actually able to throw in combination, which some guys that have been in the game for twice as long as he has can't even do. But it's just still not there. He's very much more the athlete than the fighter, which in a lot of cases, that'll help you out. It, it, it really will. Um, obviously, Dariush's chin isn't what it once was. I'm not going to go too far as to say it's gone because I don't think it is. I think he has shortened up his defense excuse me, quite a bit. And his kicking game is phenomenal considering he started with grappling and he's grappling ace. His leg kicks just, they thud, man. And a lumbering guy like Holtzman, after he takes some of those to the leg, is going to slow down tremendously. And although Holtzman is known as a little bit more of using a wrestling and a power game, uh, he can get Dariush down. He's not going to want to do that with Dariush because Dariush is a pit bull on the ground and uh, might do some horrible, horrible things to... Holtzman's appendages and or neck and or ankle, just, just about anywhere with that. Um, he does have some power, Dariush, that is. I don't think Holtzman has much, uh, honestly. Like uh, some, it's, it's odd. Sometimes when you look at more of the muscle-bound fighters, since they throw with so much strength and they're less fluid, they actually get less knockouts, even though they may or may not hit harder. So uh, I am personally big on Dariush here. We do have a, bear, a bet on Dariush at minus 170 to win one unit on this one. And Mike, tell me why we're so bullish on Dariush here. Yeah, man. Well, Benny on the block, man. We we love some Benil Dariush. You know, BJJ black belt. He's mean as could be. He's came a long ways from just being a BJJ practitioner. Uh, he's one of the guys that has heavy hands and he has learned some great kicking game over there at Kings MMA. And uh, he's got some great partners to train with too. So I love the pick with uh, Dariush. I don't think uh, Scott Holtzman wants to get Dariush on the ground. I think that's going to be a bad thing. And I, I do think that Dariush can out-volume Holtzman with the kicks and the strikes and uh, win this fight. just want to give Mike credit on that Benny from the block statement. I very much enjoyed that. You basically, If you get any like late, mid to late 90s to about like 2010 pop culture reference, you're my boy for life. So... Just know that about me if you ever want to make me smile uh, on any type of social media. <laughs> so, yes, that, uh, we have a bet on that one. Don't worry. We always review our bets at the end of the show in case you want to skip there or you just forgot to write something down. Next up, we have Yana Kuniskaya 
minus 233, 235, my bad, sorry, versus Jalija who <laughs> was plus that, 195. That, that was good, dude. I, I, I'm, I'm, proud of the la- I'm proud of the last one. First name, I'm going to have to hear that, that one on the broadcast. I don't think I've heard that on the broadcast yet, but I, I think I'm pretty sure I nailed that last name. I'm pretty proud of that one. But <laughs> I'm getting better with the names, people. If you've watched, if you listened to earlier shows, it was not there. I need to see you fight at least once or twice, preferably twice. Then I got your name down. Anything before that, probably not happening. And especially if I decide not to listen to commentary of that fight, which also also sometimes happens. Uh, Yanis Kuniskaya, uh, former technically Invicta champ um is fighting and and i've been i've always been a fan of hers just in general uh i think she's a very well-rounded game um fairly good on the ground i like her striking i stay away from not it's gonna sound bad i stay away from non-elite level uh wmma betting wise unless a couple of the people that I know are very good at picking out dogs in those spaces, bet on them, and then I will take a second look. Uh, this is not one of those spaces for me because this is a pretty big um, favorite here. Um, if this was a closer fight, I could see a bet on Kuniskaya, like if she was only like minus 150 or lower, but this is just way too steep for me. But I will pass to Mike because Mike has a tendency to pick these um, – Say bottom half of the, the top 15 WMA fights, like it's his job. Especially if the odds are close. This one's a little bit steeper. But Mike, how are you feeling about Kuniskaya versus Stoliarenko? Yeah, man. I mean, this is a, a weird matchup. You know, you look at both girls, the their records are sloppy. Uh, you know, their girls aren't that good anyways in, in the sense of uh, mixed martial arts in the upper echelon. I... Um, Kuniskaya should win this fight. She has more experience. Um, she's been in there with a lot better game. Um, I think that the Jujilja or whatever you say that, um, she uh, she only has one chance to win to me, and it's an armbar finish. And uh, that's what she seems to like to get as a submission. And um, girls don't get it that often, but the fact that she has it on her record shows she has some skill with an armbar. But I don't think she's done it on anyone to Kuniskaya's level. But if you did want to flick something on the underdog here, I would say that that submission prop would be the only thing that you would be worth your money. But I think Kuniskaya is the veteran will get a decision. Next up, we have a fight of a guy that I know that I completely undershot uh, in his last go is uh, Maki Patolo. Patolo. Um, he's fighting Darren Stewart. Darren Stewart uh, is the favorite, minus 185, against Maki Patolo, plus 160. Um, I undersold him versus Charles Bird a lot. Uh, I thought it was clearly a pick'em fight and didn't really want to pick a side. And he just, I don't know, he uh, took it to Charles Bird, finished him in the second round. Um, the hard part here is now he's taking a step up to Darren Stewart, which I think is a big jump. Uh, I really like Darren Stewart's wrestling and has just, he's impressed me um, throughout his UFC I say tenure, but he hasn't been. I, don't know, I guess he's been in the UFC longer than I thought. Uh, he bottomed out and then came back in, but um, he has a split decision over Darren Wynn. Although Darren Wynn's a little bit of a bust, has a split to Shabazian. That was Shabazian's UFC debut. He was the one who first, first and only person to take Shabazian to the distance and had it close enough that he lost a split. So kudos to him. Um, I do think he has a bright future. Although apparently I am undershooting. Uh, Patolo a lot so I'm going to stay away from picking this fight just in general because apparently I can't quite gauge where Patolo is at yet I look forward to watching him fight a few more times to really gauge 
uh, where I see him. But uh, if I had to just make quick pick on this one, I'm going to go Darren Stewart. Uh, I just think he has just the wrestling to be able to nullify Patolo and just get a decision win. Well, it's not going to be pretty, but I think he can pull it off. Mike, Patolo versus Stewart. I believe you picked Patolo last time when we did the Charles Bird Patolo fight, and yeah, you got that one over me. You definitely got that one over me. Remember, I only picked him because yeah, we. I said he's Hawaiian, so I, I'm going to go with my Islander dude. And we were like, sure. is he? And then we looked up him. Yeah, we had to look it up. Yeah. Definitely. So, but yeah, I, uh, Patolo's a tough mofo. Uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this fight, but Charles, um, not Charles Bird, Darren Stewart is no joke, man. He's been in there with some world class athletes. He went the distance with Ed, Ed uh, Shabazian, like you said. I, I really think that uh, Darren Stewart's going to be too much for my boy Patolo, uh, as much as I hate to say it. Um, and I think that Darren Stewart's going to win this fight. We're going to have a sad co-main event. I mean, I guess it depends where you're looking at it. In the co-main event, Chris Weidman, the former middleweight champ, is coming back to middleweight after a botched light heavyweight bid where he got hurt. And he got hurt bad by Dominic Reyes in the first round and then got finished by Souza before that and had a little bit of a shining moment against Gastelum, but that was just more just sheer size and just more proof that Gastelum isn't a middleweight. Sorry, Gastelum. And more losses before that, all stemming back from the time that he did not get saved when he fought Luke Rockhold and took way too much unnecessary damage. And it just seems to... Still been going with that. I'm going to count this up because I think this is this is definitely a point. So starting then, TKO loss, then a T- TKO loss to Romero, then a loss via knee from, from Musasi, then a loss from punches to Souza, then a loss from ground and pound to Reyes. So he's gotten finished five of his last six fights. That's Retire. a lot of damage, man. Retire, please. Dude, it's getting rough. And I know he jumped up to 205 because... But he did what everyone does when they jump to 205. That used to be an elite middleweight. I'm jumping to 205, so like, there's not much of a, a cue to fight John Jones. So I'm like, I'm gonna beat this guy I'm fighting. I'm not even paying attention to the guy that I'm fighting, and I'm gonna beat him. It's like it's no problem. I'm gonna beat him. I'm not even worrying about it. I mean, didn't learn from Luke Rockhold saying that or anybody like that. Just, I'm just gonna go up to light heavyweight. It's fine. I'm just I'm gonna automatically gonna win, and then I'm gonna fight John Jones for this big fight. And you know what? I think I have a style that can beat him. And then he got beat out. Um. I've been very impressed with his opponent. He's fighting Amari Akhmedov. Oh, sorry. Let me give you guys the odds real quick. It's actually super close. If you would have told anyone at any other point in time, other than the last like year to two, no one would agree with you with these odds. But here, they're I don't know, they're almost a gift on the other end. Is Chris Weidman is a minus one fifteen favorite versus Omar Akhmedov, who's minus one hundred five. Akhmedov I mean, has been on a pretty decent tear. I mean, he had uh, a, a draw with Vittori and. I can't remember if you are, Mike, but I know I've been super high on Vittori. I've talked about it on the show. He has won me plenty of money. He is he's coming up big in this division. And oh, I mean, Omari has hurt some people. He goes decision more often than not, but he go like he just throws on volume that I don't think I don't think Wyman can do, man. He he's being held together by duct tape. He was borderline being held together by duct tape when he was the champ. He would get injured, but then they were okay with him taking time off to recover so he can come back and perform. But he didn't have knees when he got into the UFC from his life of wrestling. He's very honest about that. And this is just another, geez, like what, 10 years after that? I want to say, because I saw him fight Maya at the UFC on Fox 2 event. It's got to be 2010, 2011. So that's 10 years ago he didn't have knees. 
and was just being held together by just sheer will and determination. And now a lot of that's gone. Spaghetti so, noodles holding them oh, together. Oh my goodness. So I would love to see um, Weidman win. I just, at this point, I don't think it's going to happen. I like Omari here. And pretty much if he hits plus money at all, I will likely have a bet on it. There's no bet on this fight as of right now um, for the show or for me. But if this just tips into that plus money category, especially if it starts to climb a little bit, like if that last minute, we love Chris Weidman, money starts coming in. I'm, I'm going to have to bet on him the other way. It's just, it's, it's time for him to put him down. And if he loses here, even if it's not bad, I hope he does. I hope he puts the gloves down and it's over. I don't always want to call for fighters to retire, but when you get finished five of your last six, it's probably time. Mike, how do you feel about this co-main event with a former champion and I don't know, someone who may never be champion, but can clearly beat someone who used to be. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, the fall from grace for Chris Weidman is uh, pretty steep, dude. It's uh, fairly sad in the sense if you've been a fan. I was uh, a long time ago, like a, a pretty good fan. I, I threw him in a six-fight parlay back in the day. Damn. It was when he fought Rockhold. <laughs> Rockhold, I think it was 2017 or something, 18, something like that. Um, you know, and uh, I all five of my fucking bets cashed except for the last one on the ticket was uh, Chris Weidman versus Luke Rockhold. What do you mean um, he had to throw a spinning back that, kick? Yeah, he's never thrown once in his entire career. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Bang, knocked out. It was 2015. It was a, it was a, it was a, my lesson to learn don't ever bet parlays that big, you're retarded. But I put a hundred bucks on this fucking six fight mm-hmm. ticket. Chris Weidman that fucking made me, made, oh, dude, it was two G's, 2200. Uh, was the comeback on it, but uh, you know, you learned your lesson, and uh, Chris Weidman has never been the same since the downfall of that day and then beyond. So, I, I can't trust him at all. I only thing I do like about him is his world class jujitsu, but he doesn't seem to use it anymore. So, uh, Amari, um, uh, uh, I can't even say it like you, you're, you're so good at uh, Amari <laughs> is uh, See, but he's had fights in the UFC, he's had like six fights in the UFC, that, yeah. At that point, that's just ingrained in the memory. Uh, Omari <laughs> is a tough son of a bee, dude. You know, if you're gonna sign up for a fight in the UFC, I I don't want it versus a gritty, grindy wrestler who's going to hug me and, and smash me against the fence or want to be so close to me for all 15 minutes. So I don't see it going very good for Chris Weidman. I think that Omari will win a, a decision. Uh, I hope to get some plus money on it, but there is no bet here for us. Yeah, again, we always share out what the bets are through our random means through the the Twitter account. Uh, I always post my bets, which usually reflect the shows. Occasionally there might be another one on there. And obviously if you think Mike has another bet going on, by all means, ask him. We're very open DMs or just comments or whatever on Twitter. We respond to everyone. I'll let you know if I bring up something on the show of, oh, I'm waiting for weigh-ins on this one. It's not going to be an official bet, but maybe if it happens, I'll by all means give that out to you. Just all you have to do is ask. So if this hits plus money you'll see it on my twitter and if you don't ask about it and you will be told or suggested or nudged in the appropriate direction if that's the way you were leaning otherwise so we're gonna go to a main event that i fear absolutely fear is gonna be frustrating because most Derek lewis fights are frustrating Love me some Derek Lewis for a lot of reasons, but sometimes his fighting style is not one of them. Derek Lewis is a minus 225 favorite against Alexi, the boa constrictor Olenek. Actually, let me give you, quick give you guys an update because the main event odds are the ones that typically jump around the most. Ooh, uh, Lewis down to minus 210, Olenek plus 175. Some serious money come in on there because when I did these notes are from yesterday. That's when he was plus 185, and at one point today, he was plus 200, given some chats we've had with other people. So 
money's coming in on the bowl constrictor for obvious reasons. His striking has really come together. He can throw in combination, which if you hear the show for any length of time, you know I love because uh, volume wins fights, uh, in my opinion. Um, he throws more volume. It's cleaner. He's obviously better on the ground. Uh, he's not as big as strong and strong and doesn't have as much one-punch knockout power, especially uh, ground and pound, but he can get you in these weird submissions. I mean, obviously the joke has been in the past, Olenek has never subbed like an Ezekiel choke on a heavyweight, even though he's done a ton of them. He's never done them to a uh, heavyweight that doesn't have a neck. And Derek Lewis falls in that category of heavyweights that don't have a neck. So that might protect him here. Um, it's just, I, I have vowed a long time ago, I do not bet Derek Lewis fights because even if you have a hot take on it and you really think someone's going to win, like when he fought Volkov, yeah. I thought Volkov was going to dance around him and just land and land and land. And he did. He did. He did. He the did. entire fight. Three then, rounds, three rounds of four, four, four minutes. Or when he fought, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because I'm not sure I can. Big, hairy heavyweight that he fought in his first main event. Starts with an A. I can't, whatever. He got wrestle destroyed for the entire fight. And that was a five-round fight, mind you. And then it was in the end of the fourth, early in the fifth. He landed a bunch and then got the finish. He was going to lose that fight too. If that was a three-rounder, he would have lost that one. Derek Lewis just, if there was ever a uh, puncher's chance, like his nickname should be Derek the Puncher's Chance Lewis because it's just what happens, man, and he finds it. It's not that like, oh, it's a puncher's chance and he has a 10% chance of winning. Derek Lewis has a puncher's chance of winning, but it's like rocking like 65 70% right now, which is ridiculous. Guys that are vastly superior than him in skill get themselves slept. It's embarrassing. And I, I want to come here and tell you that Olnick's going to win. And I want to come in here and tell you that he's going to find a way to win over the course of the five rounds, whether it be by submission or just winning a decision. I mean, it'd be really boring towards the end of that type of fight, especially with how tired Derek Lewis gets sometimes. But I would never, ever, 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 ever tell you to bet a Derek Lewis fight. and Because I never will again, because I've gotten burned enough times in the past that I just can't do it um, unless he's fighting the elite of the elite of the elite. So I'm going to back away slow um, in terms of a pick. I want to say Olenek, but I almost don't want to say Olenek because if you agree with me, I don't want you to bet it and lose money. But I'm going to pick Olenek because you know what? I love the boa constrictor. I love the fact that he lands these ridiculous submissions on heavyweights. I love that his striking game is coming. I love that the UFC just posted he's in his fourth decade of UFC fighting considering we're in 2020 and he started in the late nineties. I just, I don't know, man, Lewis is going to Lewis black beast is going to black beast. So I'm just going to back away slow and have Mike maybe have more um, direct and purposeful conversation about this main event. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel your pain, you know, it's, it's so weird because Derek Lewis is Derek Lewis. And uh, you know, I, I've tried to bet against them every single time that I thought that we had a chance. My biggest chance that I thought we had was Volkov. And for three rounds, I was shitting bricks knowing that devastation was coming. I remember being at the party with my a few buddies and uh, all of our ladies and us just screaming. And they're like, no, what are you worrying about? What are you worrying about in the third round? You know, you're, the fight's done. It's over. And I'm like, no, bro, you don't understand. You don't understand. It, it, it's not over. And all of a oh, sudden, dude. Oh, it's dude, never over with, dude, the, with Black Beast. And, and then the Black Beast comes and just absolutely murders Volkov and just devastates me. So I'll never bet against Black Beast again. I will. I won't bet on this fight personally. 
But um, if I had to pick one, I will pick the Black Beast because he's a KO power. I think that he can catch the old man. But like Bob said, there's so many good points that he has that if he gets uh, Black Beast on the ground, it's a wrap because uh, th this ground game is not up to par. But um, it should be exciting when it lasts, hopefully. Sorry, I don't mean to end. I don't know. I... It's one of the reasons me and Mike, for the most part, unless we have a serious, serious pick, tend to not even bet main events. Because like, main events, I hate uh, like I hate them. I love watching main events. And yep. Mike, Mike made a very, very good point. Uh, I want to say it was three shows ago where the betting of the main event is just rough. Because if you win, don't be wrong, you feel fantastic. It makes your night. But if you lose. Even if you went like, because we had plenty of events where we won like two fights earlier on in the event. It's going to be a winning night regardless. No matter what happens, we bet on the main event. It loses. You just end the night just, just sad and like wanting everything to be over and just so pissed. Even though you won over the course of the night because you lost, likely something, I don't think something fluky happened, but something crazy happened, or it was just all around a great fight for the most part, because rarely in a main event do you pick a guy to win, and he doesn't perform at all. So, I don't know. So we've, for the most part, this year, the, this like half of this year, stayed away from main events, other than times where it, just, it had to happen, because uh, there's nothing else in the entire fight card, uh, or we only had like the first time they were going to fight Island or the, the having three fights in a brief period of time where we only had like four fights on a main card to choose from. Cause there was no odds out. But um, so that's it for this fight card, but I always want to review for you guys in case you want to go back for this fight card. Our bets are Wellington Terman minus one five, one fifty five to win one unit. So that's 1.55 units to win one unit. We also have 0.5 units on the big underdog Joe Quinn Buckley, who's plus 310. So that'll get you plus 1.55 if that cash is just for a half a unit thrown in there. And then we have to win one unit on Benel Darius at the minus 170. So that's 1.7 units to win one unit. Those are the three bets for our fight card. Next week, the preview will be for UFC 252, Miosic versus Cormier 3. Now, Mike, before we jump and we do our outro and we bid adieu to all the people and we say goodbye to all of our live people, all you people watching live, we love you. Mike, do you have anything? To, I'm going to keep saying that. I'm going to say live as many times as I can. Mike, do you have anything to say to said people before we bid them farewell for the night? Yeah, I'd just like to thank all you guys for listening, subscribing, supporting us uh, as we go through our journey. Make sure you guys go to MMAformoney.com and get yourself a NASCAR package. I say it every single podcast and every single podcast that we review. MMA for Money Prime has hit another NASCAR this weekend on Sunday, a plus 1400 for, I mean, it's one unit. You get 1400 He gets you a whole bankroll for almost a whole year to go with. I mean, don't be dumb. Get yourself an MMAformoney.com and NASCAR package. And, and NHL just started, and Prime's already up like five units. So get your package. Now, we normally have a very specific outro, and we're going to do that one. But before we even jump to that one, I want to put an addendum to that before we do a full edit and just let you know for all of you watching live and for the future shows that are going to be live, we have additional ways that you can watch us. When you're watching us live, you can watch us live on YouTube. You can watch us live on Twitch. You can watch us live on Periscope. Live, live, 
live. I told you, I'm trying to go for the record with the lives. Okay, now we're going to talk about the subscription, how you could do that. Well, don't forget to subscribe to your platform of choice when you want to listen to it at a later date. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcast, the RSS feed, and obviously I said on YouTube we are live, but also we have smaller tidbits of the show broken down for individual fight breakdowns, individual discussions, little bits of time that you could just enjoy for two to three minutes. We share those on Twitter. By all means, spread the word on those. Please like, comment, and share to spread the word. You like the show. Other people will like the show. Share your like for the show. And with that, let's roll.